2: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America, NA member FDIC. It
0: is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. And today, oh man, today we're going we're boldly where
1: few muscle car guys have ever gone before. <laughs> this is true. This is true, man. And I am not fired up. I am juiced up. And I don't mean roids. I don't mean yeah. roids, man. I mean electrons juiced up. That should give you a hint on where we're headed today, man. This is a very controversial topic, but it is in your face. You can't get around it these days, man, because that's where the world is headed. And we're going to head on, have the conversation, man, do some learning, man. We got some guys that we're going to bring on. that are really going to help kind of break down this topic and, and maybe talk about some of the cool elements that we haven't really thought about yet.
0: Yeah, man. Everybody should know by now. Right, especially if you listen to this podcast. The world is full of electrons, protons, and morons. And you're a moron if you don't think the electric thing is coming our way. Straight up stupid. It's not only coming our way, man. It's it's nasty, y'all. There are some electric motors out there. Some packages that are going to make that old school conversion Poof, so far in the back of your mind. Why? Because what's the one thing that beats beats the sound all right what's the one thing that we put above all other things when it comes to you know the world of hot rods muscle cars racing that's performance power and nothing nothing gives you performance like a stupid electric motor God dang it oh yeah. man. awful but cool at the same time yeah man, man. yeah it's uh I, I, you know it's kind of like holding your iPhone without the case. Uh it, you know it's dangerous, but it's it feels so good. <laughs> um, it's uh i it, am telling you, man, it, it is something that we we all need to look at because now we have companies like our guests from Hypercraft USA uh, that are not only sort of taking the whole electric motor concept, but they're doing it and it means to package it all up. Imagine you know, a conversion kit where you could take a muscle car. Yeah, you could take your old hot rod, your side-by-side, your watercraft, whatever you want, man. They'll make you an electric conversion
1: for it. How do you like them apples? <laughs> That's crazy. You know, I got to say, I, you know, just like you, Willie, I'm sure for years now, i have been like, nah, I don't want nothing to do with it. Don't want nothing to do with it. You know, I want my gas motor. But, you know, as it's creeping along, you know, you can start to see it on the horizon. It's... It's starting to see it on the roads you talk to your friends that have driven teslas own teslas and other evs you you kind of gauge their enthusiasm you know you start to put a little bit of well let me kind of think about it you know in there and uh you know some of it has a lot of legit to it you know it, we're gonna miss some things we're gonna miss that sound we're gonna miss that smell we're gonna miss that tinkering and nuts and bolts for sure but i mean you know we talked about the other day when you look at rc cars right go back when you know sort of a nitro rc car was like the pinnacle man look how fast mine is and it made all kinds of noise and all this stuff and somehow we blew right into the ev version of rc cars with lithium ion batteries and everything did anyone complain did anyone look back no everyone is hauling ass in lithium ion double stacking batteries going insane uh speeds simplicity uh and I and I gotta imagine there's a certain amount of that. Maybe not completely carry over because there's some aura about a hot rod. But oh yeah, you know I I think some of it's gonna be like the RC car days. You know, dude,
0: it's so funny. My buddy Corey had this badass little nitro methane had a little expansion chamber on yeah. it. It was all like wing
1: ding 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 ding
0: ding ding ding, ding, ding like that. And I showed up with a, a little brushless, you know, a little brushless badass. I mean, this car would do you know seventy miles an hour on a little electric. Brushless, you know, put a couple batteries in it, let it rip, man. I drugged that dude so hard; he had so much money in it. And I swear, next week he showed up at my house because I got a motocross track in my backyard. He's like, "Look what I got!" He went out and bought an electric. He gave—I mean—he threw thousands away in like one week because it it beat him so bad. He
1: just like, "I'm out of game. I'm out of the game. It's it's over." I think that's what's gonna happen, man. Not not tomorrow, you know. Not like immediately. But, you're gonna get your ass drugged with your nitro car, your nitrous car, your, your blower, your turbo, whatever. You're just gonna get drugged at the stoplight or whatever, at the track. Uh, and you're gonna be looking over, that guy's got like a couple of boxes plugged in and ready to go. He's just zipping around, hauling ass. And you're gonna be like, man, what am I doing over here with all this, all this contraption, all this complexity, all this stuff I gotta deal with. That guy just bolted on some things, flipped on the button, and bzz, there he goes. He's beating me. Yeah, everybody thinks they're a joke until That's they right.
0: drag your ass. So let's talk about it. Conversion kits, motorsports. Where is electric going? Hypercraft USA. We'll bring him on next. To chat all about it. It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He's Kevin Bird. i will Willie B. We're back after the
3: break.
0: It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. We have Jake. We have John. We have the guys that created HyperCraftUSA.com. Check out the site, y'all. You'll see what they're doing. Um, I, I got to tell you, man. John, saw you at SEMA. Got some mutual friends. When you told me you guys were doing electric conversions uh, for just about uh, you know anything you could ever imagine... It definitely piqued my interest, my man. You guys are at the forefront of what we feel and think is going to be an enormous explosion in the motorsports community fairly soon.
2: Yeah, it's uh, it's an exciting place to be. You know, we had some gumption ourselves that we were onto something, and I don't think we really knew until we showed up at SEMA and just unleashed a, you know, the dam broke open and and just pummeled us with more demand than we could have ever imagined.
0: Yeah, well I mean Jake, you got to you got you got to be thankful for things like that. Like you're moving in a direction where supply and demand are way apart. There's a big demand for and supply is not quite there, so you guys have a big opportunity. Uh, what would you say is your hottest thing uh, on the forefront? What what do you guys you know, hiring people right away to help build and facilitate. I mean, for
3: us, you know, the interest in high performance and racing has been has been kind of one of the hottest areas for us. You know, it's it's really incredible, but I think it goes to show that that's the tip of the spear. You know, for for the motorsport industry to to look forward and say, um, like you guys were talking about, you know, regardless, we want power and performance above all. And um, you know, we're we're motorsport and power sports guys. Like we had same reservations and, and the, the electric kind of carries with it kind of a stigma, right? So we, we started looking at the actual technology and, and like you guys were talking about RC cars, this is incredible. I mean, we apply this, um, you know, in, in this technology to, to, um, you know, high performance racing vehicles. And, and that's what we're really focused on right now because, you know, it gets the word out. It shows people what's possible with electric and, and get people inspired. But how
0: did you sort of think about her, or figure out the necessity of needing a, you know, like we know as crate engines, right? Uh, Kevin, you know this, you can go online right now. You could order a crate engine for just about anything you want, right? Doesn't matter what brand loyalty you lie with. You could go Ford crate engines, Chevy, Mopar, it's all out there. Well, you guys are now doing that for the world of electric. That's that's different.
3: Yeah, and and it's not just, I mean, we we hear this like e-crate motor, right? Which is like a, an electric motor. Um, but that's the simplest part of the system. So you, you have all of the, the batteries, the management system of the batteries, the charging high power electronics and software, you know, that's the real complex side. So what we, what we realized, so John and I both come for power sports and we saw this kind of going and and we, w- we were working on a development project for a power sports vehicle. And, and that's when we realized that nobody's supplying this, you know, no, you know, you can go buy a lot of the components, but, um, nobody's putting it together in a way that, uh, you know, the, the builders, the fabricators, um, the racing guys can take these, the equivalent. So now we call them e-crate drive systems. It's the, it's the whole package and it's the equivalent to a crate motor.
1: Yeah. So walk us through, you know, what is in there? How do you interface it? Uh, and then, you know, how do you kind of move in and uh, replace items to get the, let's say, performance and range and things that you're looking for uh, for each individual?
3: Yeah, that's a really good question, because what we know is that there's so many different applications and performance needs and range needs. And so what we've done is kind of simplified and said, you know, with our customers, let's talk about power and range as being the two fundamental things that we need to know. And we've also structured our drive systems in the same logic. The motor unit, which is the motor and the motor controller and the vehicle control unit that controls that motor is one system. And We have an architecture that we've designed in-house. Um, that's flexible enough to use multiple different types of motors. And then we have the same thing on the energy side, the battery side, which is, you know, a, a BMS and a charging system and b- different types of battery cells that we've standardized um, that says, Hey, we can, we can kind of quickly combine and call them pack modules. So it's a small like mini pack to create a pack grouping. And, and then um, our customers can quickly kind of customize these systems uh, to meet their needs and, and um, it's not always a ground up project, so it allows us to scale, get many systems out there. Uh, but it also gives us flexibility, like you're you're talking about.
0: So it's modular. You you just the more power people want,
3: you just assimilate more more packs into the into the system into the drive system. Yeah, to some degree, you know. And we we take the really complex side away from the conversation. So sometimes on the back side, you know, we're doing all kinds of fancy things, right, to to make it work. I mean. You you can't just have one type of battery chemistry for all applications, uh, because sometimes the chemistries don't don't put out enough discharge power for like a drag car. Like if you're going to go pull you know a quarter mile um, you know times you know you're going to need high discharge from batteries, and there's certain chemistries that work great for that. But we've standardized to three different chemistries, uh, three different types of batteries, and we keep those. So we know if they're if they tell us, hey, I need a thousand horsepower. And I only need 50 miles of range, but mostly I just want 20 runs down a quarter mile strip. You know, <laughs> then yeah. we, we uh, you know, we use uh, the, the batteries that we have um, for that application. You know, we don't use the ones for the guy that says, hey, I'm building a, you know, an old school Bronco and I want to be able to go 400 miles on a certain charge. So that's a totally different type of chemistry, but, but the structure of our systems, um, the way that we assemble them and put them together is the same. Can you tell us,
1: uh, can you divulge what the, the chemistries are? Yeah. Because they go in bends, right? And, and you know, maybe for people's background, um, you know, what I'm learning being new in EV is the electric motor itself is pretty darn simple. It's just a big motor, yeah. right? Small one, medium, big one, you, you pick. Uh, the complexity that we think of with engines is in the battery. Correct. You're trying to get all these electrons in and out. Uh, clearly, you want to hold a ton of it for, for range. Uh, but when you're thinking about performance, when you're thinking about making power, you got to get the electrons out really fast, and that creates heat. And you got to have chemistries that can, you know, handle that heat. You have to have the designs that can manage it as well, because um, as we know with cell phones and anything else, you get the the battery, the lithium ion battery, is a little bit out of a temperature range that it's comfortable with, and you can have battery fires. So there's a lot of things you have to do to protect, you know, that hardware like you would an engine with you know, limiting RPMs and spark and things like that. Uh, so as he's mentioned, and there's different chemistries that allow either fast movement in and out of, uh, electrons, but maybe they don't hold a lot of them, but man, they can make you go down to a drag strip fast because they can just fly out of that battery and juice that motor. But like I said, if you want to do a cross country trip, you might want something more on range. So maybe walk us through what chemistries you guys are working with and and uh, how you would stack those batteries up for either, you know, the amount of energy that you want,
3: or maybe even the voltages yeah. that you guys are working with. Yeah, we definitely get into that because you know we, you know, we have spent a lot of time. Like if, if you look at Hypercraft and what we spend most of our time doing as a company is developing um, the technology and the manufacturing around batteries, which many of the OEMs are doing as well, right? So you know we see Ford doing this and, and a lot of the other OEMs that are coming to market. One of the core chemistries that we have committed to is is NMC, uh, which is nickel, manganese, cobalt. And part of that is because it has a wide range of what they call C ratings. And C ratings kind of measure that discharge rate. And so we have some NMC cells that are 1C, um, which means that they continuously output um, their peak current um, at a 1C rating um, all the way up to 20 or 30 c Um, which you can imagine is, is a huge amount. So like we're talking, we're talking, um, you know, packs that can discharge uh, continuously for a minute, um, you know, above seven or 800 amps um, at 800 volts. So the way that we combine these in, in series in parallel, either gives us um, higher amp hours, um, which is the more power behind it or higher voltage, which is the efficiency side so there's there's a lot of um, you know research, and this is what makes the DIY market so tough, right? And we go find some Tesla modules, and we connect them all back together, and we try to find a BMS and a charger that works. And most of it's really unsafe to do. But um, there's not a lot of flexibility in that. You're kind of locked into the way they design the module. Where for a Hypercraft, you know, because we do it in house and we're doing purpose built systems for these types of applications, we can combine these different chemistries, these different cell types. Um, in many different parallel and series configurations to give the performance or the range that we're looking for, and one of the really cool things um, as new battery technology comes out is we always integrate these new technologies very quickly. So we're working on what we call dual energy or hybridized energy, which is taking a very power dense um, chemistry which gives you a ton of discharge rate, right, electrons really fast uh, to give you the acceleration force, um, but combine it with with an onboard energy storage system. Um, that is, uh, that is very energy dense, which gives you the range and have both storage types on one vehicle. And uh, it's, a, it's a no compromise situation. And that's what we're releasing into the racing industry. And when we talk about regenerative braking, which is the ability to use the motors to slow the vehicle down and charge the batteries, one of the big limitations with a, a really good energy dense battery is that you're not recapturing a lot of that energy that you're generating through braking. So what, what we can do with this new hybridized energy storage technology um, is we can have something that acts more like a capacitor um, and and recaptures a much higher percentage of it. Um, and then we use the, the energy dense battery for the range. And so um, very efficient systems, but it's a no compromise for high performance applications.
1: Man, that's interesting. That's the first time I heard about kind of a hybrid style battery. And, and I kind of wondered that, you know, as I'm learning a little bit more about, you know, an either or and uh you know i think about the battery and design you know as we're talking about it right you're trying to get a different characteristic out of it kind of building an engine for torque you know putting a long stroke in it or whatever or the short stroke with a high rpm for power and spinning it up uh you know and you're usually having to compromise one or the other when you're designing an engine but it sounds like within the battery realm there's some flexibility to start blending a little bit
3: there. There, there is, and um, you know, there's really cool technologies. So there's three main types of of um, when we're talking about vehicles, powering vehicles, three types of motors: axial flux, permanent mag- uh, magnet, and um, now I forgot the third one. It'll come to me. Brushless? Is there a brushless in the large one? No? Uh, that's that permanent magnet would be brushless, but we don't use DC. Most okay. of what we have is AC. Um, it'll come to me, but there's three kind of core technologies and motors, but the way the windings, um, you know, are done the, the, um, internally and the way the magnets or uh, we can create more torque or more horsepower, we can create higher RPM or lower RPM. You can do that just by the way, the, the wire is spun around it is wrapped and, and magnets thrown at. Yep. The voltages and, and the way that we do the, the motor windings, um, is, is uh is it will create different torque like there's Borg Warner has a core um that that's 5,000 rpm and it puts out 340 horsepower and 1,500 foot pounds of torque before gear reduction. So if you're if you're doing any gear reduction to whatever wheel you're turning, that's a multiplier, right? So if it's 2,500 rpm at the at the wheel, now you have 3,000 foot pounds of torque with one electric motor. So but that's five thousand RPM, and then Integral, another company out of the UK, the Formula One guys, they have a motor that's twenty-one thousand RPM, weighs sixty-four pounds, and it's um, six hundred horsepower. But it's it only puts out about five hundred foot-pounds of torque. And I say only, but you have a sixty-four pound motor that's six hundred horsepower, and um,
1: same.
3: Yeah, I want one on a motorcycle. <laughs> wow cool thing about ev is there's so many companies all over the world that are coming with really innovative products and hypercraft gets to pick you know the best technologies to integrate and we do a lot of stuff in-house that that um you know makes it all work but um you know we we we're able to tailor our drive systems to many different applications and do it in a simple way all right man so we
0: got to go to a break right now but i got so many questions because you know, when you look at this nowadays, the the actual motor seems pretty simple. All the characteristics, the logistics of of getting that motor and and actually tuning it and getting more power out of it seems to be you know the the real challenge moving ahead. The motor is eh, you pick A B or C, the big one, you know, um, which you know everybody I know is I'll take the big one. It's like going to the bottom of the page and ordering that camshaft uh, from your you know. Your catalogs. Uh, when we get back, man, let's take a break. Uh, I kind of want to sort of pick your brain about w- where do you see that, um, you know, sort of playing out, how easy it is, and where do you see tuning available I- in these combinations? Like, can you tune an electric motor, and how will that actually work? If you don't mind, elaborate a little bit on that when we come back. It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He's Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. Charge your batteries. We're back after the break. It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Byrd. I am Willie B. And, man, we have HyperCraftUSA.com, my boy John, my boy Jake. This is a dynamic duo of electricity, y'all. And these guys, I, I, who had the idea? How did you guys collaborate on it? You can sort of hit us with that. And then you got to talk about tunability. Most people that I know that, you know, bring their car in their shop and they'll do, you know, put a cam in it, swap out the valve train, uh, you know, throw some fuel at it, throw some spark at it, uh, you know, tweak under here and there, add some boost to it. So they, they're working on their car constantly to try to squeeze power out of it, make it perform better. How the hell you do that on an electric motor? H- how do you manipulate it? How do you snatch up some of those margins that are in there that we know it can go faster? We just got to make it do it. So h- how do you approach that? Yeah, I mean, it's,
3: it's kind of... Um you know still being discovered in a lot of ways i mean we're we're kind of getting the technology out and uh there's a few ways that we know um you know one of them is through improving the battery systems um you know as as um, bms technology which is the battery management system gets better it will um, help sustainably pull more power from the batteries and that can improve performance Um, the software that manages the system for for the motors, like delivering power to the motors and um, the acceleration profiles are another thing that can be tuned. So, you know, how we allow the, the electric motor to ramp. But there's all kinds of you know high power electronics components and you know there's silicon carbide motor inverters. So you're going to see somebody say, you know, I've got this motor uh, but there's an aftermarket motor controller. You know, we slap an aftermarket motor controller on. It gets reprogrammed and they found 20 horsepower, you know, uh, those kinds of things. And then you'll have all the coding guys that write new software code and improve the algorithms and, um, you know, all things that are even beyond me. But uh, what we know is it's kind of a brave new frontier and and performance guys are driven and they'll find a way to to eke out another 10, 15, 20 horsepower all the time.
1: Can you wrap your brain around, you know, Willie, when you think about, you know, we had carburetors forever and the first fuel injection and how it's just like, oh my God, and how long it took to like get to to a point where uh, fuel injection became a little bit more uh, intuitive, more more straightforward. More of us got into it and doing the tuning ourselves. Like here we are, we haven't even gotten hardly like 10 cars on the road uh, from the OEs. And, you know, we've got all this stuff in our hands, which sounds like really plug and play uh just kind of drop in and go uh with still the ability to play and tune but uh almost too easy i mean this is like right out of the gate it's almost too easy it took us like 30 years to get to this point with with engine side right
3: yeah i mean because like for us you know two thousand horsepower and almost ten thousand foot pounds of torque is really easy we just we had two more motors and we're there you know we power each wheel with one so that, that part has been really easy. Now, I think it's the science of how we apply the power because that much, you know, all of our torque is from zero to one RPM, right? So if you have 10,000 foot pounds of torque, you have it available from a dead stop. And so, you know, giving, giving the system all of that power, um, you're just going to break everything. And so now, now it's going to be figuring out how to, um, you know, to, to deliver that power in a really efficient way to improve traction
1: this make me a little nauseous man we're talking about tuning out power what what planet did i just land on willie Mm. you know we've been trying to get power our whole lives and here we're talking about tuning out power so we don't break everything
0: yeah man you landed on planet duracell bro (laughs) uh, it's yeah it's getting nutty out here uh you know you you probably look at this and I don't know. Did you guys see this um, a year or two ago and think, "Hey, maybe if we did A, B, or C, we could break into this"? Or what made you guys so passionate about it and kind of see this uh, before everybody else did?
2: Well, you know, I'll, I'll kind of take that a little bit. We we both came from power sports, so I'm a marketing guy. I was I was working for one of the big OEMs in the power sports industry um, as a creative director. And, you know, so I see the cultural side of things how to build brands and you know the way culture moves and, and influence and, and media and that sort of thing and Jake was on the aftermarket side doing incredible things through engineering and product development manufacturing and we got linked up and um, we just hit it off and we developed some things together and um, we you know it's funny I had a, a Nova that I'm building in my garage and and Jake has a falcon that he's building in his garage, just as a side note. I'm gonna give the
0: wind to the Nova. The to the Nova already.
2: <laughs> you know, so we're we're passionate about this stuff, like you know, motorcycles, muscle cars, hot, you know, dirt bikes, snowmobiles, ATVs, etc. And uh, we come from that industry background and and you know, so we started developing this machine that you know, he and I both just had a lot of passion for and um, we didn't know how we were going to power it at first. You know, there was talk of hybrid. Like, how are we going to build a 300 pound machine with 300 horsepower, like a true one to one power to weight vehicle? And uh, we landed on electric as being the only way that we could get it done. And, you know, Jake's a, a very technical, technically minded guy. He's kind of like Neo on the matrix. Like, he can plug in some software into his brain and he knows judo all of a sudden you know right. and uh
1: <laughs> yeah hey have you met my friend
2: Kevin?
1: <laughs> <laughs> i need that i need that
2: talent man <laughs> so yeah and you know and, and jake just went to work figuring it out like how are we going to do this and we we could get all the components that wasn't the problem the problem was putting them all together and you know, all the software and, and engineering that that requires to make that work. And um and that's where that's
0: where hypercraft was kind of born, huh?
2: Yeah, and we kind of we ran into a, a roadblock when we realized what it was going to take just to develop our drive system. And then, you know, Jake was really the one that had the aha moment of, man, if we're running into this problem, you know, Jake could build the most innovative chassis and in power sports that you could think of. Um, but, you know, how are we going to get this power, you know, this, this drive system in there. And, and, uh, you know, Jake was like, called me one day and was like, okay, so we ran into this problem and this problem, and this problem. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know. Like what? He's like, that's the idea. i like, what do you mean? Well, imagine how many other people in the world are running into the same problem we are right now. And that's where it was just like, Oh wow. Okay you know, and then we start thinking about all these segments of, you know, from automotive to power sports, Marine aerospace. I mean, you know, even down to, you know, household appliances. I mean, you name, I mean, there's probably vehicles that are, you know, in some kids, some kid in art school, you know, or, or mechanic school, it has this crazy idea we haven't even thought of yet. And he just needs access to, to what we're developing. And, you know right. and, and jake can really kind of fill in the blanks on on the technical side of that well
1: i got a question you know while we got you here um you know from your marketing side right you got a whole lot of uh you know crusty engine guys like us that that are gonna be hard to turn over What what's your approach like how do you see this shaken out as far as let him drive a 2000 horsepower car, they'll get over that real fast. But that's kind of what you know, that's kind of what's got me flipping around, right? Now. I'm, I'm looking at their website, they've got a you know, an off road truck, looks like a Baja rig. It's 1600 horsepower, 6800 foot pounds of torque. Uh, you know, like to me, it's like, what? well, I would drive that, I'd like to own one <laughs> of those. Uh, so you know, there's a side of me that's been nah for years, uh, but as it's kind of here in my face, uh, and I, and I kind of have to accept it, or at least really evaluate it, man. The, the, the upsides are huge. I mean, do you think it's, it's just going to snowball right over? Or do you think it's going to take, cause a lot of us motorsports guys are traditionally, you know, engine folk. Now, granted we, we, we want power. Uh, so maybe you just go to your first race and you get spanked and that's it. But is that kind of how you see the, the strategy here? just spank people and then
2: <laughs> turn them around. Yeah. From a marketing perspective, you know, um, up until now, EV has always been this, you know, save the planet. Kind of message and you know like i care but we we care about the environment we're passionate about you know leaving things better than you found them but you know that's not going to get get under the skin of of performance guys you know so you know right out of the gate
0: man you we, just nailed we
2: really felt that yeah um we could show up in a in a really powerful way and you know just blow the doors off of everything in sight and yeah by the way it's it's better for the planet you know um, but it's it's like that's kind of the the afterthought. It's really more about the performance benefits that that you can get.
0: Well, performance performance always speaks for itself. It, performance always will will bring the masses if you're dude. He said 6,700 foot pounds of torque, 15, 1,600 horsepower is nothing. Right, give that to any hot rodder, muscle car guy. They're gonna wet themselves, man. They're gonna have so much fun. They'll, they'll they'll laugh so hard they'll lose childhood memories. <laughs> like that is that's good. that's the key component. That's that's the end to all right there. When you bring in that much power to the game, nothing else uh, will will get the masses to come over to the dark side. Like seven thousand foot pounds of torque and fifteen hundred you know horsepower at, at one RPM. It's
3: insane. Well, and, and one thing I want to say is like the performance is the hook and that's what's going to get a lot of people, you know, excited and interested. But I, I think the maintenance and the simplicity is, um, is going to keep people in the game with electric for a long time. We have, you know, um, some really cool customers. One is, is um, you know, doing some rally stuff. So, we're, you know, like I said, heavy in racing. Uh, but they talked about their high performance motors and the maintenance schedules and, and the cost and the complexity of, of these systems and how, um, you know, they, they're not that dependable, right? When you're on the cutting edge of, of internal combustion performance, you know, it's um, so electric kind of does away with that. So it allows us to really focus. And, and so I think where, you know, it could be like, oh, people get excited about electric and then, all right, well, we've we've done that. Let's go back to gas. We love gas. Just the, the sheer simplicity and, and lack of maintenance needs for electric is going to keep people, I think, in the game a long time.
0: So, what are the commodities? What are the consumables? Like with a with an engine, right? High performance. We all know there's a fuel system. Thermal management is big. You have to manage all the heat, cylinder pressure. You know, you got to get the gases out and all the burnt stuff out while maintaining emissions rule. Kevin could probably break it down better than anybody. Compared to a you know an IC engine, right? give us a walk through kev on on the simplicity and the difference uh between what we know as ic internal combustion versus uh you know something like a a battery uh, sort of powered motor uh it, it, why is it so much simpler uh, and what are the points of failure compared to the, you know the number of points
1: of failure in a an in internal combustion setup well i think you know i, I just had a little minor a just epiphany on on how this might play out, um, just from talking with the group here, you know the performance is what's going to pull us in, and then Jake kind of hit it with the simplicity, the durability is what keeps us there, uh, you know. So I mean, I, I think that might be the hook, line, and sinker uh, on pulling some of us guys over into that world. And when you're talking about the complexity. I mean, you started to hit it. Just think about the complexity with your cooling system, your fuel system. Your mission system, you know, with controls on top of it, lubrication system, so many systems are layered on the engine. We haven't even started talking about the transmission. So now, going to, you know, especially if you're into drag racing, you're more typically into an automatic transmission or whatever. Now, you got the automatic transmission that just has so much complexity in it. Uh, And you talk about commodities, uh, with the motor essentially being kind of like a commodity, they're very simple, there's very little moving parts in there. Um, should be a very durable device if you're controlling temperatures and currents. Uh, So then it just becomes, I think, more of the controls on the battery management because that's the part, of course, you can damage anything, but you're trying to really keep this high dollar battery system in check, giving you everything it possibly can without doing the damage to it. So, uh, you know, if I go back to that RC car, right? Uh, Anybody that's sitting here listening to this podcast and shaking their head like, no way, I'm never going to do it go and look at your RC car and tell me what you got in it. Hmm. Do you got the nitro setup that's just pop, 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 you know, with just all the mixing, everything that goes along with it and the maintenance and all that stuff, or do you just go charge your stick of batteries and throw it in there and smoke your buddies? You know, like that's, I think that, I think the RC car defines, right, the progression, right? The simplicity, the ease, Hey, man, I'm fast. It's easy. Who doesn't like that? You know, it t- was cool when when you're ripping and making a lot of noise. Yeah. You know, there's no doubt about it, man. I, I love it. But how many of us have a nitro RC car?
0: Mm nostalgic. Wow. Yeah, it's up on a no, metal. No, now.
1: How many guys go? <laughs> I had one. Right now, right?
3: Oh, yeah. And, I, I had, and when when I had one, you know, I'd get it running perfect and then I'd let it sit for a month or two months. And then I'd spend three, four hours on a Saturday trying to pull the whole thing apart, get new glow plugs, you know, try to get the whole thing working and cleaned out again. So yeah, to your point, I I think it's a great parallel to what's happening in in EV. I do think that we need the interest of improvement though. Like if everything's so easy as humans, we're kind of like, oh, okay, it's easy. 2000 horsepower, it's easy. Um, You know, we're going. But what we know is that now we're unlocking this whole new definition of performance how is a software going to be written for me as a driver, as a racer, or my driving experience that's specific? How can I go in and adjust it to tailor? It? It's like a driving mode, acceleration mode, um, power distribution, all of that for, for me specifically the way that I drive um you know and, and that kind of you know there's so many different things right because we're it's, it's digital power i mean we can control it through software we it's so flexible so that's where the interest is gonna allow us to to take this to a new world just uh tesla just announced um, an upgrade uh there's the
0: chill self-driving mode the normal self-driving mode and now they have the aggressive driving mode which makes the tesla stay to left lane uh pass more it makes you tailgate um, it does rolling stops. It just it makes you drive like an a hole, but it, it gets you to and from faster. <laughs> uh, but the, like you said, it's all about programming, and you know what you're using these limitations. Do you, do you see that really the defining change of, of what's going to happen, and really um, sort of bring it around the corner and, and make it. Just ease of application for a lot of people that are going to want to go this route and put electric conversions in motorsports, power sports, cars, bikes, everything
2: else? You know, it's interesting. When we were at SEMA, we actually experienced several people who came to the booth that was like, you know, a dad who, you know, is an old hot rodder. You know, he's got the, the shop and, you know, and then the son who's more of a software guy, you know, and you can almost see it culturally transitioning that way. Um, you know, and I think the other thing to mention too, is, you know, and Jake can talk about this in more detail, but you know, all the regulations that are coming down on the performance racing industry, you know, speed shops and stuff like that. Um, you know, they're, they're wanting to move into this direction as well, because they just, they're not going to be able to survive under all the regulations that they're dealing with.
0: Yeah. The seven rules are killer. Uh, Jake, we're almost out of time. Uh, enlighten us man share some more knowledge of where you think we're we're going to be in uh the next year the next three years the next five to
3: seven well i mean in the next year um in three years we're going to democratize this new technology we're going to get it out to everybody who wants to to experience it you know and people are going to you know they're going to experience it for the first time they're going to learn about it and they're going to decide if it's for them or not um long long term Um, you know five to ten years i think what it's going to do is it's going to push internal combustion uh to do great new things and we're going to see the competition from the internal combustion side and that's going to be really exciting uh you know in in our our message has always been gas and electric it's not one or the other um it's gas and electric and um hydrogen or whatever else you know maybe it's nuclear uh we're, we're excited about new technology and applying it so um, for Hypercraft, you know, we we want to be there to support the the innovatives, creatives, innovators, creatives, and and uh, just make this technology accessible. So our product line is going to grow, um, and um, and costs will come down. Battery technology is going to improve in the next five years dramatically. Talk about that cost coming down, because that's the big I, I think Achilles' heel right now is it costs so much.
0: Uh, is, is there a supply demand, you know, thing that's going to happen where it's going to cross and eventually? come down to a price point, a lot more people could get into it at? Yeah.
3: I mean, you know, we're capitalists, right? So, um, you know, when there's big revenue available, the, the smartest people and the biggest companies are going to go in and solve the problems and bring the cost down and make it make it easy. So, you know, I think some of it is, you know, the carbon batteries and, and getting away from chemistries, you know, solid state batteries or carbon batteries um, and improving those, those manufacturing techniques Um, and, and, um, the, the materials will be more sustainable. I mean, carbon is one of the most, um, you know, available elements that we have. So, um, you know, I, I think that's going to help drive down costs. And I think there's more factories. We know core power is putting in a plant, um, a million square feet in Buckeye, Arizona. Um, we're going to start seeing battery factories pop up, Ford's doing it right in Tennessee, I think. So, um, you know, that's going to help drive down costs too, because it's not going to be so high demand and so low supply.
1: Well, think about all the salvage yard vehicles that are going to be out there in the next, you know, five, 10 years. Uh, Same thing we've done for the last, you know, 80 or 100 years. Let's go pick and, you know, grab little bits of this and that and and piece them together. I mean, you guys have the full turnkey solution, which makes it easy. Uh, But, you know, for every budget, there's a different path to get there. And mixing and matching is kind of what hot rodders have always done. So... Yeah. It might take a few years for economies of scale and for the salvage yards to kind of stockpile some of these goodies, but um, yeah, it has gotta come down. It's gotta be more attainable before too long.
3: Yeah. And, and you know, I mean, if you're the guy buying an $80, a hundred thousand dollar, you know, high performance racing engine, you know, the cost for electric, isn't that much different. You know, um, we can give comparable, um, you know, performance for, for almost the same price. But, um, you know, if you, if you're buying, you know, a Ford five liter, for, you know, $3,500 or a remanufactured motor, um, <clears throat> you know, it's the, the difference in price is significant, right? I mean, our, our kind of like baseline systems come in in around 28,000 and, uh, that's, that's for about two or 300 horsepower. So, you know, it's, it's something that, that obviously we're putting a lot of effort in giving access to the technology means the price needs to be where it needs to be. So everybody can afford it. And, um, we're focused on that. And I know, you know, forwarding a lot of OEMs, you know, we're kind of all on the same team here. So we're, we're all working on this.
0: It's cool, man. It's all cool stuff. Uh, I can't wait for Kevin to learn more because I I just, you know, ride his coattails, uh, look over his shoulder and cheat off his test. So uh, I'm pretty fired up about it, Uh, man. And we'll definitely have you guys back on down the line, hypercraftusa.com. Where do people find out more info? Give us your website. If that's not it and uh, tell us what you got on social media real fast.
2: Yeah, so HyperCraftUSA.com is our our website, and all of our social channels are at HyperCraftUSA.
0: Easy to find, man. Hey, definitely check this company out. Definitely check out where this technology is going, man, because this this is going to be a game changer. It is definitely – it's the big pink elephant in the room that not a lot of people are talking about, so it was great to have you guys on uh, and definitely something I'm really – God, I know Kevin is.
1: Uh, we're looking forward to this, it's, man. It's an interesting topic, man. <laughs> Cuz you know how much we love, you know, the old school, but uh, this is new and it's got some cool, so whew, bring it. Let's see what it tastes like. Yeah, man, hypercraftusa.com.
0: Check out the sites, man, at Hypercraft USA and all the other social sites. Don't forget about our show; you can find it airing on the Motor Trend Network on weekends. Check your local listings. Also available streaming on demand. Uh, it's always a great resource to find us as well. Thanks to our producer, Scoop, executive producer, Mr. Bob Becker. He is Kevin Bird, our guest Jake and John from Hypercraft USA. I'm Willie B, and I'm going to plug in. I'm going to check out some electric battery RC cars, man. Mm.
1: <laughs> and don't forget to check out our website to guys garage.com share your thoughts with us we're everywhere on social facebook instagram and twitter at two guys garage and two guys garage podcast it's copyright 2021 britain productions incorporated all rights reserved all right real
0: fast man before we gotta go jake the first time you rode or drove something battery operated
3: what was the holy moment i uh, was in a tesla because i think for a lot of people it is and and um you know just feeling that torque and acceleration you know, it's the seat of the pants. You you put butts in seats, and and it's it's a big deal. All right, John, you got one?
2: Yeah, I rode a, an electric motorcycle. Um, pretty experienced riding street motorcycles. Uh, this was this yeah. was the first time I've ever ridden a wheelie, a block uh, downtown Denver scared the crap out of me, but it was uh, the most incredible thing I've ever felt
1: yeah man bird what do you got nothing man i've been like just sitting on the sidelines and it's sort of hit oh, me like a snowball yet? no uh-uh. man uh-uh
0: man oh I'm- man i i've driven a couple teslas uh electric go-karts done some of that racing but like john i threw my leg over that harley lightning electric bike um that my buddy he's, he's got endorsement with he races and let me tell you man he took off all, all the throttle management and traction control and that silly, that SOB is a wild ride to strap onto. It is absolutely, I had giggle factors and was hoping to God the cops couldn't find me. I was like, good God, that is a game changer. Y'all go check it out, man. Electric is coming. Yeah, I've been putting it and, off. Uh, I'm
1: afraid. I'm afraid I'm going to get in one, get on one, and it's going to just turn my mind uh, 180 degrees. I'm just letting it come in slow, man. Just letting it come in slow. All right.
0: I'm gonna put something on the record here. Kevin's got a '67 fastback Mustang. Uh, He's already got a nasty engine for it. I think he ought to go electric in it. I'm just gonna throw it out there. Think about it. Think about it. I'm gonna finish
1: this one as is. It might be. It might might be my last IC, or at least throw an EV in there in between. So I'm open to the idea. So my next ride, uh, probably gonna have to build a little EV hot rod. All right, man. You guys take care. We'll catch you on the next Two Guys Garage podcast. Two Guys Garage podcast is produced by Britton Productions. For more episodes, visit iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.